we're creatures that constantly evolve, constantly change and adapt. And so give yourself the space and the permission to be like, oh, okay, I worked so hard for this thing. I got this thing. I should be happy, but it's not making me happy. And that's okay. What's that next thing? This is Debbie, and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, for years now, I've given you a ton of stories on remote workers and digital nomads on this podcast, but I've come to realize that many of you beginners are still unsure on how to take the first steps to creating a freedom lifestyle through online work. Maybe you've been too afraid to take the plunge or just don't feel confident enough to land that online job due to inexperience. Well, I'm excited to announce that I've created a new YouTube series called Trying Remote, where I try a new online job or gig every month to give you a glimpse of what it takes to land a remote job. So if you need a little boost to try something new or just want to see what it takes to get started, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote. Again, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote to find our videos and to subscribe to our new series on YouTube. So please come and join me there so we can uncomfortably grow together. In this episode, I speak with Jordi, who is a freelance travel writer and family travel expert. She's traveled to all seven continents, including Antarctica, while she was five months pregnant and now writes for top outlets like Forbes, Travel and Leisure, Condonest Traveler, and more. So listen on to find out how Jordi is able to balance her career and family life as a writer and freelancer. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to speak with my guest today. I'm here with Jordi. Hi Jordi, how are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I am wonderful. I'm so honored for you to be here because Jordi is an interesting guest. I actually approached Jordi because she had featured me in one of her articles in this podcast and you have a job that a lot of people are interested in. And that's why I was like, she would be so perfect for this podcast. But before we get to all of that, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Oh, well, let's see. I live an offbeat life because I don't work your traditional nine to five. I used to work a traditional nine to five. And a little over six years ago, I decided to leave that life to become a full-time freelance travel writer. So I am my own boss now. I am hustling and I get to travel the world and I get to, to write about it. So I don't think that's pretty typical. And also I became a mom. I have a three-year-old and I've managed to continue that career and continue to travel with a little one in tow. So I guess that's how I live an offbeat life. <laughs> and it's really fun to to watch somebody who is living a very untraditional type of lifestyle and still become a mother, right? Because a lot of times people will tell you, you can't have um, a career that you really enjoy and also raise a family. And you've been able to do that, Jordy. I mean, obviously it's not a walk in the park and there's a lot of different things uh, that you have to go through, but you've been able to do it. And I strive to do that. I'm like, I want to be like Jordy in, in a lot of sense. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. So what made you leave that 
typical job to start becoming a travel writer because that's a huge step to to work for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I should mention my full-time job, I guess, was also not traditional. I was a gossip <laughs> reporter. So <laughs> that's uh, awesome. <laughs> so I get that was also slightly offbeat life, but it was a, a, a full-time job where I had benefits, I had hours, et cetera. It just happened to be uh, going to red carpets and interviewing celebrities, which was really, really fun. That was my dream growing up was I wanted to be an entertainment reporter. I wanted to interview celebrities. I wanted to go to these events. And I accomplished that. I was working with at Life and Style and In Touch magazines. And I ended up be working my way up to becoming the entertainment director, getting everything that I had ever dreamed of. And then I had one of those moments that a lot of people have in life where your whole life gets turned upside down. Um, and in December, 2010, my, my dad died in a plane crash. Oh, wow. And, you know, it completely changes your perspective on things. And I realized that that job didn't make me happy anymore. I was tired about writing about other people's lives and not living my own. And so over time, it wasn't like overnight, I just decided to up and quit. I spent about a year working on building up my credentials outside of gossip reporting and entertainment reporting because I had built up such a name for myself in that industry. So I little by little started writing on the side and was able to build up enough clients on the outside to go full-time freelance. And I took that leap in February, 2015. And um, that was sort of the moment that, that changed it all. I didn't know that I would become a travel writer. All I knew was that I didn't want to be in an office anymore. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted a flexible schedule. I wanted to be able to craft my own days and take time off when I needed to live a healthier lifestyle. And what came to fruition was becoming a travel writer. So that's not necessarily what I set out to do. It was just, I kept focusing on all of those little pieces that I knew I wanted. And what happened was where I am today. Wow. So that's a lot to unpack there, Jordy, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, you've gone through so much, like already so many lifetimes in the last like few years that you've, you know, like just the last, what, five, six, seven years, you've gone through so much. And this is the thing that I find interesting is that someone like you, right, who literally got the career, the dream career that they wanted and you work your whole life to get to that point. You dream about it. You like, you want it so badly. And then when you finally get it, either you realize it wasn't right for you or what happened to you, which is an absolute tragedy. Like that's, that's crazy, Jordy, that you had to got, like you went through that and you lost your father that way. So like, I, I'm going to keep saying this. I'm like, that's really crazy, Jordy. That's like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm kind of speechless because I'm like, was it both like the 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 passing or the death of your dad and also realizing that it wasn't for you and it kind of just like culminated to all of this stuff and allowed you to see life a different way? How was that thought process like for you? Yeah, I think, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying before, where what started to crystallize in my mind was what I want and what I didn't want. And like I mentioned, I, I knew I didn't want to be in an office anymore. I knew not that I was ever like partying really and intensely, but I was out at these events and stuff and having a cocktail every night. 
um, never drinking in excess, but still like it wasn't the healthiest lifestyle. And I think when I was going through that really intense grief um, in the beginning, I didn't have the energy to do those things. I didn't want to do those things anymore. I was barely keeping it together, let alone like having to go and interview Kim Kardashian on a red carpet and pretend like I care about her life um, <laughs> and putting my whole life into someone else's life. So I started just to focus on what I knew I wanted, like what I mentioned before. I didn't want to be in an office. I wanted to be able to go to the gym regularly, cook my own meals, um, travel, uh, make my own schedule. And that was what I kind of kept at the forefront of my brain and just did something small every single day to get to that point. And like I mentioned, what happened was that, you know, I became a travel writer. It wasn't exactly the plan that I had. And I think what's really important, and you mentioned this, is that, you know, so many people are like me, right? You go to school for a certain career and you do the internships and you, you know, work your way up and then you find yourself maybe not fulfilled by it or your interests have changed. And what I always say is stop shooting all over yourself. Don't do something because you think you should be doing it. it that, that's not going to serve you and you're going to end up living a life where you're not happy. And we're creatures that constantly evolve, constantly change and adapt. And so give yourself the space and the permission to be like, oh, okay, I worked so hard for this thing. I got this thing. I should be happy, but it's not making me happy. And that's okay. What's that next thing? And I feel like I'm going through a transition of that right now. Like things are going to happen in your life. Maybe you get married. Maybe you have a child. Maybe you move. Maybe you have a death in the family. Like so many moments can shift your perspective. And it's totally okay to keep reinventing yourself and trying new things and taking that leap if you have that vision in your mind of what it is that is going to make you happy. I would tell someone, picture yourself, what and you're waking up and it's your dream day. It is your dream life. What does that look like? And I'm not talking about a specific career or a specific job title. Maybe that's it. But instead, when you wake up in the morning, what is it that you see when you first open your eyes? What are the sounds that you hear? Is it a city? Is it a beach? What, what are you going to go and have for breakfast? What are you doing for lunch that day? Start to visualize that. And that becomes the foundation for whatever happens moving forward. Yeah. And I think we all have this misconception that in order to be happy, you need a certain job or a certain amount of money. And we always wait to get that right before we finally start living. And, you know, as you get older and as you, as you found too, Jordi, is that it's not necessarily about that, but it's the lifestyle that you have because you can have you can have millions of dollars in the bank, but if the day-to-day -day living situation that you have is just unbearable, you're stressed out too much, you're not around the right people, it's not a happy situation, you know? And this is exactly what you lived through. You were in a dream job that most people would look at and, you know, I'm hearing this from you and I'm like, oh my gosh, Jordy, that's a dream job for, for a lot of people, you know? But it didn't make you happy and it wasn't something that 
was calling you anymore. Maybe it was for a while, but sometimes like you, you mentioned, like there's phases and changes in our lives that yes, we needed this. And then you become a changed person, whether it's through a situation or maybe you just did everything that you could, right? For, for that job and you're done with it. But I also want to mention that there's guilt to that too right? There's like guilt or maybe feeling like you wasted your time. You went through all of this like education for yourself. You went through so many hurdles to get there and then you're just going to leave it all. And then you're going to start something new and then you're going to go back to uh, square one. So that is a hard thing. Like it's a hard pill to swallow too. Did you go through that phase where you felt like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with myself? Absolutely. And I feel like I still have those moments and uh, bad cases of imposter syndrome yeah. and all in all of this. Um, it's it's really hard. And I wish there was a secret <laughs> tip or message that I could provide to make it go away. The only thing that I can say is that all of that time invested in whatever it is that was once a passion or an interest is still going to serve you. It, and you might not know how. I also wanted at one point to build a whole health coaching career. I went to school to become a certified holistic health coach. And I thought like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And I spent thousands of dollars going and a year and a half going to school thinking I'm going to take on these clients and I'm going to help all these people. And it didn't manifest that way. But that's not to say that all of that education that I learned isn't going to help me in ways that I don't even know yet. And I think that's, it's shifting your mindset around it, which I believe that everyone has control over their thoughts and how they perceive a situation. And you just have to put it into a different context to kind of take away that sting of guilt that you might be feeling. And it's okay. That education was super helpful. (laughs) Being a gossip reporter has made me an incredible interviewer. I'm, I'm really good at getting quotes from people because I had to do it on a red carpet in 15 <laughs> seconds. Like now I get, you know, 30 minute conversations with really incredible, interesting people and I can pull nuggets out of them. So if you looked at those two worlds, are they necessarily related? Not, I mean, slightly because of the journalism, but all of that like on the ground reporting work has made me super nimble in my thinking. And like I mentioned, a good you know, a good interviewer and all of it builds to something and all of it helps and you don't know where it's all going to land in the future. And that's where you kind of have to let go and surrender and just follow the path and have, have trust that as long as you are following what sparks that joy in you, then you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And I always believe that we as human beings, especially now with so many opportunities that we have, that you don't have to live just one life, right? You can become this person, you know, for a few years, like you were a gossip journalist or columnist, and then you became a travel journalist. And then now it's like you wanted to go into health and fitness. Like there's so many different aspects to us too, as individuals that you can definitely do a lot of different things, you know, maybe not at once, but then focus on that. And it makes you more 
interesting as a person when when you do that and when you talk to your grandchildren one day even your your child when they ask you like hey mom what did you do with your life and like you were like okay I was this 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 like I carried you when I was in Antarctica they're gonna be like oh shoot like how do I get to that point mom like how do I get to where you are and and I think that really makes you know, if our life was a book, like every chapter should be a little different, right? You grow a little bit and something else happens and it makes it into this really full life that that you have had. And I think that makes you so much more, I guess, you know, more of an interesting individual and there's more growth that you see when you do that, which is pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously, fun gossip facts make for great party (laughs) talker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're like they're gonna be like Doherty was that person really like this how did yeah, they look yeah. in person <laughs> <laughs> so I always have that in my back pocket at any party I can just whip out some of those fun celebrity stories I know and it's funny sometimes people will ask you like tell us one thing that's really interesting about you and you're like one I have too many <laughs> <laughs> Like I've lived so many lives. Like I could tell you more about them. So it's, it's funny, Dirty, because so before we even got into this interview, it was really um, interesting because one of the things that you had written is that you went to all of, you know, the different, um, all of these different countries. And then one of them was in Antarctica, all of these different continents you visited. And one of them was Antarctica and you went there and you were pregnant with your child. So I'm like, I mean, going to Antarctica is interesting enough, but being (laughs) pregnant while you go there, that's a whole nother level. So I want to learn more about that. How, how did this happen? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, my husband and I, when we got married, we made a pact that we would go to all the continents before we had kids. So, um, we were doing that. We were checking them off steadily. (laughs) And Antarctica was our last one. And we booked the trip. You you have to book them pretty far in advance. Maybe not now because of the pandemic, there might be more room, but I think we booked it like maybe a year ahead of time or 10 months ahead of time, something like that, fully prepared to go. And then I got pregnant. (laughs) So, um, I wasn't intending to be pregnant on our trip to Antarctica, but I talked to my doctor and I contacted the cruise line and they said, as long as my doctor gave me the okay, that it was, it was fine to go. So I was 21 weeks pregnant and we went and it was actually where we announced that we were having a baby. So it was actually like this beautiful (laughs) moment where it's like, okay, well, we made this pact as a couple to go to all the continents. Here we are in Antarctica and we're announcing that we're having a baby on our, our last and, and our final continent. And so it was, it was incredible. Uh, don't get me wrong. I got extremely seasick on the way down. <laughs> I was basically, when you go through um, Drake's passage, it is very rough waters. And at the time they were like, oh, it's calm out today. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> no. And I was basically sick in bed for two days. Once we got to the continent, I was much better once we got to calm waters. And on the way home, I preemptively took some Dramamine so I didn't get sick. But I was pretty brutal on the way down being pregnant and seasick at the same time. But it was amazing. I was able to do almost everything 
that anyone else did. The only thing that I didn't do was the polar plunge where you jump <laughs> into the water as I didn't think that would be safe being pregnant. But other than that, I hiked the volcanoes. I saw the penguins. I actually, my husband and I camped uh, one night on the, uh, on a, on snow um, in, on the continent. And it was incredible. And I think it's as long as you get the okay from your doctor and that you feel healthy and well enough to do it. Like I'm always like, keep, yeah, go for it. Go travel. <laughs> I went to the Amazon jungle while I was pregnant. Um, I, you know, we, we kept traveling until the very end when I wasn't allowed to fly anymore. And I was very uncomfortable in an airplane seat. <laughs> and I, I, I loved it. I love to be able to keep doing what I love, uh, while growing this incredible human being. Yeah. And it's funny because your child can technically say they've been to Antarctica already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and it's funny too, because like I mentioned, I um, I didn't know I was going to get pregnant when I, when I did. Um, I obviously knew the consequences of my actions, but I wasn't prepared for it to happen so quickly. And so I found out I was pregnant when I was on a road trip through Europe. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I had um, a suspicion that I might be pregnant when we were in the Netherlands. And I was like, okay. And then by the time we got to Brussels, I was like, all right, I think I might be pregnant. Let's go find a pregnancy test. So we went and we found a pregnancy test. It was sort of like inconclusive. And so I wasn't 100% <laughs> sure, but we had to move on to the next place. So we then drove to Luxembourg and we were in this castle, spending the night in this castle. And I took another pregnancy test there and it was confirmed that I was pregnant. And so it was crazy. It took like three different countries to find out the final <laughs> results of being pregnant. And then we drove on to Germany and Switzerland. So I was pregnant in all of these countries. Um in my literal in like my first month of, of being pregnant. Oh and God. so it sort of like, I maybe set the tone for, for the pregnancy of uh, <laughs> traveling to multiple countries while, uh, you know, growing a baby. <laughs> well, your, your child definitely had an interesting way of, you know, starting, I guess, their, their lifespan. So it's, it's so funny that all of this stuff was just happening and you were trying to have all of these experiences. And again, you're still able to have all of this, even, you know, while pregnant and still traveling and then doing what you love to, to do and being a journalist and all of these things. So how are you able to do this, by the way, Jordi? Like, how are you able to travel to all of these places and make it more sustainable for yourself? And obviously a part of your job is to travel, um, you know, being a mother and having all of these things. How do you make that more realistic for yourself? Yeah. And I think this is an important thing to note because there's a variety of different types of freelancers out there. And I am very much a working writer and we are very much a two income household. And with that said, I don't have to worry about certain things. My husband has a normal full-time job and he is our health insurance. So for a lot of freelancers, I know that's a big question and that can be a huge expense. That is something that I gratefully do not have to worry about because we get it through my husband's employer. We also um, are able to afford a, a part-time nanny. So she is incredible. She has been there since my son is six weeks old. And she obviously allows me to get done 
all the work that I need to get done in a day, in addition to my son going to school, which is where he is now, which is why I'm able to record this podcast. (laughs) So I have to, I have a huge support network to be able to, to make these things happen. Without that, I don't know if it would be possible. I'm also fortunate that we have family that is extremely helpful. My, my little sister and her boyfriend have spent many nights <laughs> watching my son and have spent full weekends with him. So again, extremely lucky. I have in-laws that do the same. So having a huge support network certainly makes it plausible and possible. Otherwise, I don't know how it would do. I also have an incredible husband who, when I say I need to go away for a few nights, he can pick up the slack. I like it's to me, it's like an obvious thing, but so many people are like, mm-hmm. but who, who's watching the kid? It's like um, <laughs> the other 50% of his DNA. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? His father's watching him or you know, his partner's watching him, whatever. And so I always find that so funny. It's like, it doesn't have to just be me. And I actually like that he's used to a lot of people taking care of him because he can feel really loved by a lot of different people and not exclusively feel like it has to be me taking care of him. And then also I've gotten incredible opportunities to bring my family along with me, which obviously makes it a lot easier. Not only do we not have to worry about childcare and, and those types of things, it's, you know, I also get to expose my son to incredible places that I might not otherwise have the opportunity to do that. So when it comes to realistic and how I make it work, it is certainly being able to have a spouse that can provide some basic necessities, having a nanny that works and helps, you know, on the day to day, and then having family as backup um, and another and a supportive spouse that can allow me to to do all these things. But it doesn't mean I don't work at six o'clock in the morning sometimes or. 10 o'clock at night after my son goes to sleep, it's not all just hanging around on beaches. Like I mentioned, <laughs> I, I work. I, and there's a lot of writing gigs that I take on that aren't travel related, but pay the bills. So that's kind of the stuff that you might not see on my Instagram, but it's you know the work that I'm doing behind the scenes to be able to pay rent and pay card and payments and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, first of all, I love that you're so transparent about this because a lot of people will see your life and just like, oh my gosh, how does she do it? And then because we go in through these processes of comparison, right? And you're just like, okay, well, they did that so easy. Well, I should be able to do it. And when you can't, you're just like, oh my gosh, then I'm a failure as a human being or whatever it is that you're you're feeling like at that moment. But it's so true. Having a great support system makes all the difference. Like I, I mentioned to you, Jordy, my husband and I don't have any children, but my cousin has two kids and everybody in the family like supports her when she needs the time. And we have our niece and nephew and everybody takes the time to like, you know, babysit them. And then so my cousin and her husband can have date nights, you know, and she's like, I want everybody to take care of them. I don't need them all to myself all the time. Because she's like, so that way I could like do whatever it is that I need to do. And, you know, I still have date nights with my husband. And I think sometimes we're so stubborn or we're just afraid to ask for help, that we end up being too overwhelmed and not also living for ourselves, right? Because we're still individuals at the end of the day. And it can't just be, you know, as much as, you know, you love your children, you still need some me time too, or some time with your your husband as well. So I love that. I love that you're very transparent about that and that it is a hard thing to do, but if you have the right support system, it can definitely be realistic and it can be done. 
yeah, I think it's, it's important to note that mothers in particular and, and women in particular, you know, feel this burden to kind of be a, a martyr that they have to sacrifice themselves in order to be a good mom. And that's just simply not the case. And this is not something that I have nailed down. I have mom <laughs> all the time and I compare myself to other moms all the time and that I'm not doing enough. So I'm certainly by no means like an <laughs> expert in this. But what I try to remember is that when I am filling my own cup and when I am taking care of myself, that that makes me the best person that I can be and therefore the best mother that I can be. So if that means taking time away from my son to go and do whatever it is that I want to do, go to acupuncture or travel to Panama um, or just watch really bad TV by myself <laughs> at night, like if that's what I need, then I'm going to, after that, I'm going to be such a better and happier person and therefore more present with my son for the time that I am with him. And we shouldn't feel guilty about that. No one wins a badge for being <laughs> a martyr in, in this situation. It's better to take care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think that is one thing that we have to learn is just have grace for yourself and take the time that you need when you need it with or without children. Cause I think a lot of times, even without children, like you feel guilty if you don't work enough or you're not hustling. Cause that's what we all are told to do. You have to hustle, hustle, hustle. And then you burn yourself out and you end up like hating your life so much that you don't want to do anything anymore. And you don't become a good mother or a partner or just a person, you know, you become like a shell of yourself in, in a lot of ways. So yeah, there's a lot of things that we need as human beings. And it's not just about money or all of these things. There's so much more to that to to a person. So that is a good thing to to find out. But sometimes it takes a little while to get there. You have to make a ton of mistakes. <laughs> yeah. And it's a work in progress. Like I said, I'm by no means perfect at it, especially as a freelancer. You know, you're always kind of worried. It's worried when's where's your next paycheck mm -hmm. coming from. And so I have a tendency to take on a lot of work because I'm always nervous that I won't have the work. And if I say no, that that means I'm never going to have that work and then I'm going to be broken living on the streets, which is obviously not realistic in thinking, but it's a, a feeling that I, that I get. So I'll tend to take on a lot of work and then I'm completely burnt out. And it would have been better for me to say no to some projects and allow myself the space and the time to take care of myself. And therefore the work will be that much better. And I just have to have faith in myself that I've done it this long. I've been a full-time freelancer longer than I've ever worked a traditional full-time job. <laughs> so I'm clearly capable of doing this and to remind myself not to put so much on my plate just because I'm worried of what I might not have. Yeah, because there's always fears that goes into your head all the time. That happens to me too, and I'm sure to all of us at some point yes. in our lives. So what you are doing right now, you're a freelancer, uh, you're a travel freelancer, you're a family travel freelancer as well. And you came already from a journalistic background, but how did you transition to this? How are you able to get continuous projects so that you can make a living from this and make it sustainable? When I first started writing, remember, I still had a full-time job. So I took on, honestly, a lot of free work, you know, places that were just 
looking for articles and weren't paying, or maybe it was like 20 bucks or something like that, just to build up my portfolio. So it wasn't like I quit my job and then was like writing for the New York Times. <laughs> that was not the case. I was we, writing. We for all wish. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that would be amazing. But I started writing free articles, then was able to build up a bit of a portfolio and take that to other editors and say, here, look at my track record. Here's the idea that I have. And over time, it just built, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're so lucky you get to live this life. And yes, I am lucky in many ways, but I also worked really, really hard. I, I, it's not something that just came to me. It's not like all of these travel editors were like, oh, please come work for me. You know, (laughs) I love you so much. No, I, you know, I, to this day, still send out cold pitches to places and don't get responses back. And I think it's just, it's, you know, part of the process. I have been lucky in that I worked hard to develop relationships and one editor will then move to another outlet. And so then I'll start writing for that outlet, but the outlet that we were at before already knows my name. So they'll let me keep writing. So it's just been a lot of relationship building editors moving around, again, sending out blind pitches and getting my foot in the door somewhere and then just maintaining that relationship. And like I mentioned, some of the work that I do is not as sexy as travel writing. I'll (laughs) write press releases for people or I'll ghost write op-eds for, you know, energy experts. I mean, like random (laughs) stuff. And that's kind of, you know, some of those are the things that, that pay the bills, all copyright branded content, things like that. So I just have a few really, I've gotten to the point where I have some few steady clients that I continue to work with. So I kind of have like a base sense of how much I'm going to get every month and then supplement by pitching out to other places or tapping other editors to see what they're, what they're working on. So yeah, it's just, I don't know, project (laughs) management. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing. When you work for yourself, you have to do all of these different aspects of, you know, being an entrepreneur rather than, you know, being in a full-time position where it's done for you. And then you just get these projects and then you write for them. But it's, it's interesting. And it's also really fun because then you get to meet a lot of people, you get to network and that's how, how you build your roster, build your portfolio, and also become a a better writer in in a lot of ways. So it's definitely, like you said, Jordi, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it, right? Because you love what you do. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think you have to have a certain personality to be able to do that. My husband is a much better person to function in a more structured job setting. I think he would even be happier to go back to an office right now because we've been in remote <laughs> for so long where I'm much more type A. I manage my day. If you looked at my schedule right now, that's up on my computer. I literally break it out by like, okay, <laughs> from nine to 10, I am doing this. And from 10 to 1030, I'm doing this. And from 1030 to 30, I'm working on a podcast. And so I break out my day, but a lot of people, their brains don't work that way. And that's totally fine. But I am very good at managing my time and multitasking and planning. And so this life suits me because I'm able to do those things and outsource when necessary. So I don't do my own taxes. I hired an accountant to do my taxes because I don't know how to do them. So knowing where I don't, my strengths 
are not is also really important. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you in terms of outsourcing. I like to do that too, because you don't have all the time in the world to do everything, especially things that you don't like to do. I hate doing my taxes too. So I outsource that as well to, you know, an accountant and also my husband, he deals with that stuff. I'm like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. So one of the things I also wanted you to mention, Jordy, is that you're launching an accessories line for families that travel. Can you talk to us more about that? Because I'm like, that is so interesting. Like I want to learn more. (laughs) Yeah. So I have obviously been fortunate enough to travel a lot with my family, even with the pandemic, obviously we took a break from travel, but I think my son, he's three and has been to nine countries, I think it is at this point. So we've done a lot of traveling as a family. And I was just thinking maybe last summer, I'm like, whenever we travel, I feel like I'm piecing together different bags and items to like make traveling with a kid easier. And I wish there was just a product that kind of solved that for me. And those do exist. Of course, there are diaper bags and baby bags out there. But to me, they just like scream, diaper bag, baby bag, I'm a mom. And that's not me. I want, I find myself buying the like designer backpack and then trying to make it work with what (laughs) works best for having a kid. And that those two worlds don't always collide. So I wanted to create a high-end accessories line for families that travel. And I'm starting with a bag and it has all of the functionality that you would want from while traveling with children, but it doesn't look like a baby bag. It doesn't look like I love a that. bag. It is something <laughs> that you could bring to work and no one would know that it has all of these capabilities to make traveling with, with a family easier. So that was what I wanted. I wanted to create a super, super functional product that was also very high end and is, uh, and you know, like a designer level because so much, and we were just talking about this, you're expected as a mom to give up so much of yourself and kind of be defined by motherhood. And that just never suited me. I always feel like I am this individual and my son is part of my life, but he is not defining who I am. There's all of these other things on my, you know, resume that are just as important to me as being a mother. And so I don't want to have to sacrifice my sense of style or have to like scream to the world that I'm a mother, but I also want products that are going to make my life as a mother easier. So I can enjoy those moments, particularly when traveling. So it's likely going to launch in June. I, a website will be coming and Instagram and all that will be coming. But if you want to find out more, you can just follow my personal Instagram, which is at Jordy Lippy. And I can always, once it launches, direct you to the right place to go for the bag. And then hopefully enough people buy it and I can expand to a bunch of other accessories as well. Yeah. I'm like, that is such a great idea because I've seen it with, you know, family members where it's like my cousin wants to go to like a nice um, occasion and then all of the stuff that they have is just like baby stuff. And she's like, oh, it doesn't go with anything. So I'm like, that makes such like sense. You know, it's different. And I love that. Thank you so much, Jordy, for that. And we're definitely going to check that out. And I can't wait until you get 
you know, your website going so we can, we can take a look at them. (laughs) You're like, yes, I'm preparing for all of that. (laughs) So Jordi, let's look forward to around 30 to 40 years from now. And you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave? And what do you want to be remembered for? Whoa, that is an intense question. I don't know if I've thought that far. I think (laughs) I would want to be remembered as, oh man, first and foremost, I would want to be remembered as someone who was a good mother, a supportive and loving spouse, a good sister, a good daughter, a good friend. Like those are extremely important to me. The relationships in my life mean the, mean the world to me. And I love the people that I have in my life and I would want them to everyone to remember me as someone who was really, really kind and optimistic and driven. And I think now, maybe it's just because I'm in this process of launching this accessories line, but I would love to be known as someone who built a company that allowed and helped parents pursue their personal passions and personal career goals while supporting their childcare needs. I would love for that to be a legacy of mine. If I can build a successful company that employs parents and allows them to have it all and, you know, utilize their talents and and who they are as individuals while supporting them as parents and making life as a parent easier, I wish more companies would do that. And (laughs) I would love to be one of those people that, that is able to provide that for other people. It's so funny whenever like my, you know, my family asks, so if you won the lottery, what would you do with it? And like my response first is always like, I want to give it away. I would want to like <laughs> buy you a house and like support these people. Everyone's like, wait, your dream of winning the lottery <laughs> is to give your money away. And it's like, don't get me wrong. Like I would love to have a, you know, a nice house and a, and a chef cook my meals all day. But yeah, I, I, I love building those relationships. And I love feeling like I'm able to support other people, particularly mothers and particularly parents. Yeah. Well, because what makes you happy is making other people happy and seeing that is kind of like winning the lotto too, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love, you know, if I can make someone's life easier or help them pursue their personal passion, by all means. Oh my gosh, that would be an honor to be remembered as someone that way, that that did something like that. Yeah. And you know, money comes and goes. I I always say this too. Money is very important, obviously, but you can always earn more, right? There's always, there's so much money in the world. Like you can always earn that. It's the relationships and what you build. That's so much more important. Yes. And don't, you know, money can, I always, I think Oprah said it maybe that like, you know, money doesn't buy you happiness, but it certainly does buy you freedom. So if I am able to build up enough wealth to have that freedom and then be able to help other people achieve that as well, I don't need a 10th car, you know, (laughs) I I don't, I don't, I don't need those things. Um, but it would be incredible to have the freedom to be able to do more and support others to try to achieve that as well. Yeah. I love that. I love that legacy, Jordi. We really appreciate you being here and for sharing with us your story. Can you tell us where our audience can find you if they want to learn more about you or the new accessories line that you are going to be launching soon? 
Yeah. So my website is meetjordy.com. So that's kind of, you can get a little bit of a bio about me if you're interested in learning more. There's also some of my articles that I've written on there. And then otherwise I would just direct people to my Instagram account, which is at Jordy Lippy, And I'll be posting updates about the accessories line and you can follow along on any of my travels or anything that you're interested in there. And you can always ping me, send me a message on there as well if you have specific questions. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jordy. We really appreciate you. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jordy. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to reduce stress when traveling with kids. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.